Meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to the challenges of pre-millennia time and places that stretch across the globe. Tova Retling Cohen lived through the tragedies of war as a very young, blue-eyed, blonde Jewish girl living in Poland and later in Palestine in the 1930s. Yes, you're right. This was immediately before the German army marched into Poland at the start of World War II. Fortunately for Tova, her grandfather, Isaac Meyer Goldwyn, who lived in Norway, persuaded Tova's parents to send her quickly from Poland to Palestine. He recognized a war was on the verge and sent a ticket for Tova to have a means to get to Israel. This act, by a grandfather that she never met, saved Tova's life. Because of this, she survived, but the atrocities of the Holocaust impacted every other Jewish relative living in Poland. They were never seen again. Tova grew up in a family that lived with the guilt that they were the only family members that survived the Holocaust. To be happy in her home was considered a sin. It was too difficult. Tova tells her story of how she unexpectedly reunites with the memories of her grandfather and was given an opportunity to give tribute to him. Her story is expressed with memories of uncertainties in her lifetime and how she exercised hope and belief to overcome her many life challenges. Tova points out how the polio pandemic of her time concerned many, but it didn't last forever. A reminder that today's COVID epidemic also will not be forever in today's world. Hope and belief are paramount when coping with the many challenges that life brings to us. Toba shares with us these important virtues that will also serve each of us when the unexpected and uncontrollable circumstances occur in our futures. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget. So adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Tova Retling Cohen. Well, this is a wonderful early morning. I'm sitting in Nevada City, California in the fall. And it happens to be a smoky day because in this year, 2020, California has experienced a record-breaking number of fires, 3.5 million acres have been burnt so far. But today is a good day. Right. I'm sitting with Tova Ratleve Coin, and we met a little while ago, but then I got to know her even more so yesterday. And, of course, today we're sitting and we're on Senior Wisdom talking about different experiences that she's had in her life. Tova, how are you today? I'm good. All right. I hope your sky's blue and the air is better. <laughs> yeah, we're we're happy on these types of days. Tova, you, you were born four years before World War II began, right. and as I understand that you were you were born in, in Poland. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that at all? You were quite young. Do you remember what it was like in Poland back in? This was probably the mid 1930s, correct? Yes. What was that like? Well, I don't, I'm not sure if that's what I remember or from stories that my mother used to <laughs> tell me. That I remember that we used to live ne- next to a church and in the middle of the city there was a well. And when actually I took my, my daughter and my son to show them where I was born, that was like 18 years ago, we went back to Poland and so I said to my kids, you'll see 
I will find the house according to the church and the well in the city. And you did? And I did. Oh, be darned. And, and was that a, a well that you went to most every day as a child with your mom probably? No, okay. I don't remember that. But I remember the well <laughs> ah, okay. that people used to sit around. And, and the story that my mother used to tell me that she used to watch me playing with children around next to the house on the street. And from a group of four or five girls, the, the, how do you call it? Not the rabbi, the, the priest <laughs> used ah, to yeah. walk on his way to the church. He used to stop. And from all the kids, he used to choose me oh. because I was blonde with braids, with blue eyes. <laughs> he used to come and put his hand on my head and bless me. Oh, that's great. <laughs> wow. And you were just a child. You were very young at that time. Yeah. I was probably three, three, three and a half years old. Wow. So it sounds like a very happy childhood. Yeah. It really, it really was. Right. And uh, what was the home like that you lived in? What was that like? Was it a stone building? Yeah, it was a stone. And we found the house when we you were You did find there. the house. Yes, because it was easy to locate it next to the church. Yeah, oh yeah, the church wasn't very far away. No, it was just next door. And what was the name of the town? Graevo. Graevo, okay. And With a G. And how many, um, what's the population uh, back then? What do you think? I mean... Was it quite small, like a small town? A few thousand. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so everybody knows It everybody. was close to a big town, which is, uh, uh, what was it? Bialystok. That's ah. a more known one. Very yeah. more one. Okay, okay. Well, as you were telling me in previous conversations, your life took on many challenges. And really, beginning at this very young age of four years old, maybe, many. You, maybe you can describe to us or explain to us what happened when you were four years old. When my mother came and said, we have to leave, and we are going on a boat. So you weren't just leaving your house to go to another town. You you were getting on a boat. Yes, because uh, <clears throat> my father left like six months earlier to go to, to Israel. That At that time, it was Palestine. It was ruled by the British government. So, uh, and he went, of course... Britain didn't let uh, immigration to Palestine at that time. So they had to pretend that they are just visiting. So uh, after they were wandering on the Mediterranean for six weeks, the British didn't let them in. So they were on their boat? Yes. Just floating out there for six weeks. Yeah. What was their motivation for moving to Palestine from Poland? Why, why did they want to do that? Uh, it, there was an, a Zionist organization ruled by Jabotinsky. He was the head of the organization that he tried to mobilize young people to go to Israel because this is our homeland. Of course. So, and my mother encouraged him to go. So he went with another few hundred people to go to, to Israel and the British, did, the British didn't let them in, so they were. <clears throat> they decided to move to to Greece, and they moved to a fisherman boat, and they spread the word that the boat sink. 
Oh, sank. sunk, yeah. And, and they're all drowned. Well, then the British probably weren't looking for them so anymore. So they stopped looking for yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> right, I was smart. And then they came with the fisherman boat in the middle of the night, and they smuggled into Israel. So now this was your father? My father. Okay. And then, your mom was still home with you? Yes. And then he started writing, my mom, please come and join me. Come and uh, join. Yeah. So my mother decided to go also. first and get settled. And who would you have stayed with, with while she was my, gone? My father's family, my oh. grandparents and, mm-hmm. and family. Mm-hmm. So when I, uh, when my mother decided to go... He wrote my grandfather, which that's my mother's father, that uh, her plans that she's planning to go mm-hmm. and and then come back and take me. And my grandfather advised her not to do so, that it's she doesn't have the time to do that because the world is sitting on on a verge of of a war. And this was pre-World War Two. Yes. So his name was Isaac Meyer Goldman. Right. Correct? Yeah. Thank you. And that's a very, uh, very respected name, I understand, these days. Yes. Yes. So what happened? So my grandfather advised my mother not to leave me, but he wanted to make sure that she's taking me. He sent a ticket for me, and that's how I am alive today. He saved my life. Oh, boy. Because... In 10 days after we arrived to Israel, which was the end of August and the 1st of September, Germany went into Poland. Was he captured? Was he taken? My grandfather. He was still there. That was in Norway. Oh, My other family, nobody was alive. Oh, you lost everybody. They were all killed. Mm -hmm. My grandparents, my uncles, my aunts, Mm -hmm. my nephew, nobody was was saved. So you were one of the few. So I was, yeah. And it's as a res, in response to the... And that's to my... The actions. Thanks to my grandfather's wisdom. Ah, yes. And, and advice, you know, not to leave me. Otherwise, right. my, my destiny would be the same. Right. As theirs. Our destiny is a, a funny thing, how things evolve. And, uh... Right. Years went by. You became a teenager. You missed World War II. You missed the atrocities that happened back in Poland and Norway and other places. Yeah. And uh, you were in Israel and Palestine. Right. Actually, I I can say I didn't miss totally the war because the war was after us in in Israel at that time because Italy joined the German and they came and they bombarded Israel. So you still had to contend with... So I still War. remember, I, I was actually sharing with my daughter memories that I remember that I actually grew up through wars mm. all the time because uh, I remember when we used to, in the middle of the night, grab, the, grab a, pill, a pillow and run to a, for a safe place in back in Israel in the middle of the night because... Tel Aviv was bombarded mm. by the Italian. Oh, that's terrible. And you have memories of that as a child. Yes. And then we had, of course, wars in Israel with the Arabs. Mm-hmm. So It's constant. I was constantly between wars. So it was, uh, but somehow you came out safe and 
very healthy. I can see that here. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, you grew up, you became a teenager, and and then another challenge happened, You, I understand. What, what happened when you were a teenager that really surprised you and everyone else? There were challenges all the time, as I mentioned, because there were wars, and the life in Israel wasn't easy. It was a very poor country, starting to establish a country in 48 we became a state of israel Mm -hmm. and it was very tough we lived really on a minimal of everything Mm -hmm. in life difficult during the chaos of war of world war ii communication is poor you don't really know what's going on you probably were misinformed or not informed of the whereabouts of your grandfather for a very long time Mm -hmm. You had shared with me that in 1975, you ended up moving from Palestine, from Israel, to America, and you came to California. Right. And and then uh, you were in California for quite some time in the southern areas. Orange half County. of my life. Yeah, half of your life. Wow. <laughs> and you were in L.A. or in, in Orange County, down in Southern California, and it wasn't probably maybe less than 10 years ago, you were contacted by somebody, by an educator from Norway. Explain that. Yes. She was the president of a a Holocaust museum. And one day I got a phone call from the city hall. Her name is Anna. And she asked me, are you related to to Isaac Goldman? And I got chills. I mean, that's your grandfather. I said, that was my grandfather. And I'm his granddaughter, the only one. And I thought maybe they found some family members that I don't know of. Uh, And then she told me that they are looking for a family member because they want to commemorate his memory because he was the only Jew in that town, in Hammerfest, and and they wanted to get more information about his background because he was a very quiet and respectful man in the town. And uh, she said they have an a German artist that would like to do some sculpting for him to commemorate his memory. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, by the way, I'm an artist as well. Maybe I can help you in this case. So they asked me to send them some pictures of my work. And of course, they chose one of them, which was the very proper one. Mm-hmm. And I named that one A Drop of Sorrow. Oh, and why did you choose that name? Because I actually grew up in a family of sorrow and guilt feeling Mm. that they survived and all the family was killed. Mm -hmm. So to be happy and to celebrate was like a sin in our home. And that's how I grew up. Mm -hmm. That was difficult. Very. Yeah. Very difficult. The educator, I cannot imagine how she found you. I mean, amongst... That, it's that not was, do, nothing's documented. How that, did she do that's it? That's amazing how she found me. Because I visited in Israel the biggest Holocaust museum, which is called Yad Vashem, mm-hmm. that uh, usually visitors are given a, a questionnaire to, to fill out information of family members. And, uh, and of course, I filled out all the names of the the family that were killed, and in, in the Poland, language. in Poland, okay. and my grandfather in Norway. And for some reason, in Israel, usually I write in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. 
In this case, I wrote it in English. She would never find me if I would do that in Hebrew. And it happened to be that it served the purpose because uh, when she looked on the computer to see if she can find some family of my grandfather and here suddenly she saw in English Isaac Goldman and my name and my phone number and that was she amazing. went right to you. I said, I said, he deserves to be remembered. It's almost as if this was meant to be, yes. really. Yes. Uh, that small little detail, that little yes. adjustment out of the norm. And, and I believe in, in it meant to be, that nothing happened by accident. Well, that may, in fact, be the wisdom that comes out of this, that through the experiences that you've had in your life, you've recognized through a developing intuition, I suppose. Yes. And that actually gave me an awareness that things that when they happen, I just I just relate to them as part of life. But looking back, I said it meant to be. Why did it? Why did I do this? Why was I directed towards that uh, route and not the other one, which I had a choice? I said it meant to be because it shows up in the. Le- later in life that I did the right thing. And do you find that even today there are no accidents in your life? Yes. Even today things are happening. And I usually follow my, my intuition, yeah. which tells me which way to go and what, what to choose. I think there are a lot of listeners that are perking up right now because uh, we all want to have greater intuition. Through your experience your experiences, how do you develop that intuition? How how can people these days, under the conditions we are in now, this is 2020, uh, how can we make our lives better by by recognizing the intuitive messages that we receive and then moving on them in real life and making life better for us? How do you do that? I think you have to develop a a sense of looking inward and listen to yourself and to your experience and wisdom from the past and and it usually shows up that i was right in my choice is i mean you're an artist yes and so i would think your time in the studio where i mean artistic thought original thought comes from within somewhere and maybe at the same time you're experiencing intuition on your life while you're making a piece of art. For example, even the piece of art that you made for your grandfather, things must have come up. Memories, uh, intuitions on what was or what could be or what is now in the afterlife. I mean, who knows? I mean, did, did, did you, in retrospect, do you remember interesting intuitions and messages that you, you would receive? When I actually created that that sculpture, I did it in Italy because oh. I, I worked in studios in Italy. Where in Italy were you? In Pietrasanta. Which is what part of Italy? Uh, that's near Pisa. Oh, near that's Pisa, near, yeah, very near Luca. It's near Carrera. I know where that, exactly that's where, where that is. That's where the marble is. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a city full with the, with the studios. and it's, it's, That's you, Italy. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. And that was my highlight of my life. I was there for a month sculpting from morning till night. Oh, wow. 
And when I did that, that piece, it's in Carrera Marble, and it was taken from the quarry. That's what I was told, that Michelangelo used to use that quarry. Oh, the same one. Uh-huh. Yes. It's mountains of, of white marble, beautiful. Do you remember the awareness uh, that may have occurred while you were sculpting in Italy? The intuition that developed during that time? Again, we're trying to identify for this younger generation today how they can take their experiences and develop intuition from those experiences. It's, again, to listen to your inner inner self and looking back into memories. And when I named that sculpture Drop of Sorrow, it was actually sorrow of all my past and remembering my family members that were all killed. I always say to my children, you are so lucky you have grandparents. I never had any Mm. since I was four years old. Never had grandparents, no uncles, no aunts, no nephews. That must have felt awful. Awful. That's why I took my kids to Poland when we went to Auschwitz. Mm. Show them that's where my my parents, my my family actually. And that's why I I named that sculpture Drop of Sorrow, because the old sorrow that I grew up with in, in my home. And I, I never thought that that will end up in Norway in the memory of my grandfather. And he really deserved it, because because of him, I'm, I'm alive. Well, his name lives on. I, I know that he was uh, in town. He had a business where he it was a men's shop he really uh, cared for people and and was very respectful and very loved by the city right and is it true that if he if somebody came in and they needed a suit but they didn't have enough money to buy a tie or a shirt he would just give that to them and i was so lucky to interview few people that were still alive who remembered him? They, rem- they were teenagers at that time. Oh, wow. And then I discovered where my love for music comes from because they used to come to the store just to listen to the records that he used to put music in his store. Classical music. Yes. yes. Yeah. And the same thing, I, I interviewed the granddaughter of the landlord where he used to live so when he used to come in the evening home, they used to listen to music that used to come from his apartment. Mm. And and that's me. I always need classic mm. music next to me. If it's in the car, it's in the studio, at home, I always have music. So really, he's been with you ever since. Really. Ever since. You, and you have nev- not been alone. And he never met me. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't uh, that amazing? Oh. We will see what lies ahead. Me. You will meet again. Yes. Yeah. We've identified that there are no accidents in life. You've recognized that. Things happen for a reason. So how do you, what would you say to a younger person these days who's going through difficult times in their life, but things happen for a reason? What, What would you tell those people today, right now? First of all, to have hope, to believe the things are changing. Nothing is forever. If it's difficult time, 
it will pass. Because I remember when the polio vaccine uh, uh, problem became. I was then a young child when I remember that, and it was such a panic, and it went away. And then there were other viruses came, and we found we found solutions for them. So to believe things are changing and and we always have to have hope and believe. And what should our attitude be when these challenges are at our doorstep, when we're, we're in the midst of them? Of course, it's not easy. <laughs> mm, right. But uh, see, I am not locked down for eight months at home. When I came here to visit my daughter, I felt like a prisoner that came out <laughs> from prison. <laughs> We're all feeling that. After so many months. But I, I never lost hope. And I was trying to listen to music, of course, to create, to listen to Zoom lectures, and to be in touch with my friends. And thank God for technology nowadays. We are so lucky that we have it these days. In those other days that were not not less difficult, <clears throat> and we didn't have those technology, and it really helps. You're really letting people know that in the midst of challenges, it's hope and belief yes. that you sit on, because truly. You come out the other side. You did through World War II. You did through all the other challenges experienced, whether it be in Palestine or Israel or in we Poland. Had five wars in Israel. Yeah. And it wasn't just World War II. It was with the Arabs. It was, it was with others as well. Then you came to America with even more challenges here in, different, in a different sort, of a different sort. And uh, you've always carried hope and belief. Life is always filled with challenges. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And we have to know how to cope with them in order to survive and to hope for happy days. Your comments are quite influential to a lot of people. It's, it's important that I hope. everyone's receiving this and really taking it in because it's true. This is based on real life for you. And most of us, myself included, didn't experience World War II. My parents did. I didn't. I haven't experienced war like that. So I can't imagine the hardship that must have been felt during those times. Toa, thank you so much for your time. This morning, we are, for the listeners, who I don't know when you're listening to this, but we are in the middle of COVID-19, and that's where the five months of isolation that Tova mentioned came from. We're all wearing masks and staying six feet or further from one another and and washing our hands quite often. So, uh, And cover your face. And cover our faces. Thank you so much for sitting with me. I don't think we're contaminating each other. <laughs> we're at a distance from one another. And uh, I hope to see you very soon on your next trip out to uh, Northern California. Yeah, thank, thank you. Very you. Much. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate and happy to share my experience. And I always say if you live long enough, you learn more. Every day you learn something else. Ah, that's so true. It never ends, does Every it? Every day. <laughs> Thank you very much.